Well, good morning, Holy Trinity. It really is fantastic to see you uh, this morning. Uh, clocks have gone back and now uh, the dark season is upon us. And as much as we think to ourselves, oh, it's going to be a long few months. Um, I'm filled with a sense of optimism. Uh, optimism, not because of the darkness. Optimism that even in the midst of uh, the physical darkness and also the challenges that we are facing as society, that we as a church uh, have a part to play. And it's a significant part to play. And we are not here just to exist. We're not here just to survive. We're not here just to get through, even though many of us might feel that. But the reality is this is the time and a moment and a season for the church to shine. And it will be our endeavour as a church, certainly over these coming weeks and months, as we approach Christmas, not to shrink back, but actually to uh, let the light of God shine in creative ways, in safe ways, but also in ways that will allow people to experience and know the hope that we have as a church. But this is not a time for shrinking back. I think it's a time for caring for one another. It's a time for contacting one another. It's a time when we as a church uh, really uh, excel as we seek to look after one another. But it's not just an inward thing. You know, these are the times when we want to express uh, the grace and the mercy and the love of God in practical ways, uh, in simple ways, in acts of random kindness. And as we gather around the word of God again today, the word of God is here to uh, inspire us, to encourage us, to give us hope and also to give us um, the tools in which we not only exist, but where we can actually be vessels in God's hands. And that's what I want to continue to be as we move on. And uh, today we come to a fantastic verse and we come to a word um, that I would want us to encounter uh, within a new way. And that is encountering wholeness, encountering completeness. And, uh, and I really feel that this is, uh, again, a significant word in season for us. Um, we take our reading from Colossians chapter 2, uh, verses 9 and 10. And if you've got a Bible, then uh, you do well just to have a look at that, put a mark in it, read it over again and again, uh, meditate on it, allow it to really touch your heart and your soul because it says, for in him, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Fullness is an important word, but it goes on to say, and in him, you have been made complete and he is the head over all rule and authority. You have been made complete. You have been made whole. His fullness resides, makes its habitation in you. The fullness of deity living in you and living in me. That has to make a difference. It does make a difference. And this morning, the focus of this particular talk is that in him, you have been made complete. In him we have wholeness and that's where we are looking to uh, journey through this morning and ask ourselves how you know uh, you know at this precise moment of lockdown you know words like wholeness and fullness and living life to the full uh, and completeness you know they seem almost alien don't they you know why would we be talking about such things uh, much of our nation is entering that difficult situation with new restrictions we understand the challenges of isolation and you know the end of furlough we're not sure maybe where our job stability is 
um, and, and the prospect to, of, of a long, dark winter that is looming upon us. You know, in the midst of that, you know, should we be looking at, you know, wholeness and living life to the full? And I would say absolutely, absolutely, but not in a throwaway way, you know, in a simple way, but, a, but, but in an intentional way. We live intentionally. We live in a time of uh, darkness or in a time where there is lack uh, with, with a sense of abundance and fullness. That's what the scripture tells us, that despite where we are, he fills us with himself and we are made complete and whole. I think uh, completeness is a word that really has little to no meaning if you can't experience it. There's no point knowing what completeness is or wholeness is if you don't experience and encounter the reality of those words. Fullness of life, I think, is the great quest of our generation. Everybody wants to live a full life. The vast majority of the population both look and long uh, for a full life in heart, in mind, in body uh, and in spirit. And you know, this current generation is very much focused on um, the personal expression and experience. Extreme sports are at an all-time high. Travel, a desire to live life to the full. As one poet said, to suck out the marrow of life. And who can blame them? Absolutely. We're not here to say, oh, that's terrible, that's bad. People are looking to live life to the full. And here's the thing. He is the God of fullness. He is the God who, who completes us. So we have something to say. Or the word of God has something to say concerning how we do that and how we live a complete life. I've always found that certain things at certain time times bring a real sense of fulfillment in our lives. It's true. I know it's true. You know, getting a new job, you peak in your sense of, oh, I've achieved something. Uh, you know, uh, or a new child arrives in your family. What an exciting time. And it's, you know, these are moments that we, 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 we really have a great sense of fulfillment. Maybe a long anticipated, anticipated holiday, an achievement of some kind, educationally or whatever it may be. But when you achieve, you peak in the sense of you feel fulfilled. Uh, and, and such times that they're great moments, but they don't last. They don't take us through the rest of life, but they are like peaks. I, I remember in 1988, I stepped onto a golf tee and hit a golf ball. No, nothing unusual in that. Except this time I hit it and it was a nice nine iron. It soared and it landed right in the middle of the hole. All in one. And even better is I did it with two mates who were stood either side of me. So even to this day, they, they just say, oh yeah, we were there. You know, reluctantly, they say we were there because it's undeniable. And I remember the moment dancing around the tea and all the kinds of things. It was a great moment, but it didn't last. It's a great memory, but it didn't last. But for the Christian and this morning for the follower of Christ, completeness, wholeness, and fullness isn't just a, a one-time moment of <gasps> wonderful, but this is something that we can know each day of our lives. You see, for the follower of Christ, completeness and fullness and wholeness is not, you know, any one experience. It's not based on something that I achieved. It's not something, it's not based on what I do. All of those wonderful truths like wholeness and completeness are not dependent on me as a Christian. It's got nothing to do with me, in fact. 
but it's got everything to do with God. Acts 17 and verse 28, great words say, in him we live. I mean, that's a big statement in itself, but it goes on to say, in him we live and move. So we don't just live and exist, but everything that we do is in him. But then he says, in him we live and move and have our being. You know, being who we are internally, body, soul, mind and spirit. He says, it's in him. We have all of these things. It's not what I do. It's not what I achieve. But it's in him I live. In him I move and I have my being. I have my purpose. I wonder this morning if I asked you a couple of questions what your answer would be. Would you describe yourself as being whole or complete? Or from a different perspective, what is it you require to add to your life that you think you need to be whole or complete? Now, the book of Colossians was written by the Apostle Paul during his imprisonment in Rome. Um, so it's often referred to as one of his prison letters. And it's, it's written after a man called Epaphras visits Paul and he wants Paul's help because um, he's dealing with a problem in the church in Colossae. Uh, and there's some dodgy teaching that's happening in the church. And that's what this letter is all about. Paul is writing to really counteract some false teaching that was taking place in the life of that small church in Colossae. And the key theme of Paul's letter is really simple. You read it. It's not long. You can read Colossians in 15 minutes. But the key theme is the supremacy of Christ, the deity of of Christ. That's the supreme. He is overall. He is supreme. And in basic terms, you know, this false, te this false teaching was appearing uh, in the church, suggesting that the completed work of Jesus was not enough for salvation. That the completed work of Jesus was not central to the faith. And that Christ would not bring not bring completeness to the lives of the followers. So this false teaching was suggesting that believers required something in addition to Jesus, something in addition to the work that Jesus had accomplished. You know, you need more knowledge. It's great that you know Christ, but you need more knowledge. You need more holiness. You need more laws to keep. You can't just accept Jesus. It's more than that. You know, eternal security was dependent upon some element of self-effort. And Paul was very eager to respond to this false teaching saying, I don't think so. You don't add to what we already know as the truth. I have met many, many, many Christians who feel second rate. They feel tarnished, unqualified, second class, not good enough. I've met so many who are guilt-ridden that they, they just can't attain to, you know, what it means to be a Christian. Many who have identified themselves as failures, filled with flaws, filled with blemishes. I love the fact that you are who God 
says you are. You are who God says you are. And who does he say we are? When we read Colossians 2 and 9, it says, you are complete. You are whole. He is Christ in us. He is Christ in you. Not 50%, not 75% of Christ in you, not even 99% of Christ in you, but Christ in his fullness, completely, unreservedly, totally in you. All of Christ this morning. If Christ is in you, he cannot be second rate, cannot be tarnished, he cannot be unqualified, cannot be second class, he cannot be not good enough. The King of Kings, the God of Gods, the Lord of Lords resides in us. And even though we may feel all of those things about ourselves, there's an element of us needing to allow the truth of that to set us free. That because he is the fullness, because he completes us, because he is the one who brings wholeness to us, that's the truth of who we are. We're not meant to. We're not meant to reverberate around. We're not meant to make our habitation in a, in, in a tent that says, I'm second best. He is not second best. He is Christ in you. You know, within the first two chapters of Colossians, there are 24 references to the idea of something being complete in the life of a Christian. In, in his cold dark prison cell Paul you know is there deep underground and, and, and he's writing this letter but he's writing not just to the Colossians now he's writing to you and he's writing to me and he wants to instill into us one of the greatest spiritual and theological truths that we we need to know today more than ever in Christ we are complete we don't need to add anything. You don't need to be a little bit more holy. You don't need this and you don't need more knowledge. You can't say, well, I'm not qualified. You are complete in him. Christ is in you in totality. It's not more stuff, not more things you need to add to. It's great to grow. It's great to do all of those things. But the reality is 100% of who Christ is, is in you. No matter what the physical landscape around us with the pandemic, no matter what the spiritual landscape inside of us in the, this morning, if we are a follower of Christ, he's in you. That in Christ, we are made whole. Nothing needs to be added to what Christ has already done. You're not only complete, You are completely whole. That's what the Bible tells us. Colossians 2.9 again says these amazing words. In him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Not only all the fullness of God in Christ. The God who fills the universe. The God who says there's nowhere where I'm not. Not only does God fill 
Christ and he's filled Christ in, in bodily form. But it says also believers have been given fullness in Christ as well. Their fullness of life comes from Christ's fullness. Because Christ is full in bodily form and Christ lives in us. In general, something is complete when nothing needs to be added to it. Nothing needs to be added to what Christ has already done in your life, in mine. You know, when the final piece of a jigsaw is added, the complete picture is seen. See, that final piece is not going to be the last day of your life. It was the first day when you became a Christian. It's complete. You know, when Jesus on the cross cried out, it's finished. He didn't shout half finished, quarter finished. He says, it's done. It's complete. And he completes that work in you because Christ is in you. Nothing can be added. Salvation, complete. Forgiveness, complete. The final victory, complete. And the believers in the Colossian church were facing a false teaching that taught that their lives in Christ would only be complete if they also added certain knowledge or maintain, maintain certain traditions. If they main, maintained, you know, uh, legal requirements. Now that you're a Christian, you have to do this. So you have to do that to maintain being saved. But it's not true. It's not true. In Christ. And in Christ alone. We are saved. It's done. In Christ, we are complete. But there's so many things missing in my life. No, no. That the reality is that we start here. He is in us. And it says that we are complete. This morning, if you are a Christian, wholeness and completeness are found in Christ. And Christ is in you. You know, one of the first scriptures that I ever memorized was actually Galatians 2.20. And today it's still one of the most stunning portions of scripture that you can find. I am crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Abundant life comes from the fullness of deity. Abundant life comes from the fullness of deity who now resides in my life, in your life, in the life of the church. You know, in the midst of a pandemic, maybe even in the valley of isolation, wherever you find yourself, perhaps even on the mountaintop this morning, we can encounter wholeness and completeness in Christ. It's not one day I'll be. You already are. You're already a son and a daughter of God. He completes us in every sense. No striving, no adding, no I'm second best. No. You might say, well, that's what I feel. But sometimes these are the moments when we have to understand that the scripture has authority. The scripture tells us who we are. We don't take our understanding of truth from what we feel. As much as that's important that we express our feelings, it's the truth, not our feelings that set us free. And Christ is in you. Remember, Paul is whole and he's complete 
and he's talking about uh, you know this sense of uh, fullness and he's in a prison cell he's in a dark place he's writing to a church that's going through difficulties and challenges and he says you know what stay on track stay focused that's one of the themes as you read through he's saying come on this is what we taught this is what we believe don't don't let others tickle your ears with philosophies stay on the path and the path is this in christ and in christ alone we are justified we have been saved we have been completely set free we are complete in body mind soul and spirit yes i know that there are challenges all around that i understand that do you know what i look at my life and i'm i know i'm not what i should be not what i should be but i look at christ that i am full of hope because he's still working on me but here's the truth regardless of what i feel regardless of what i think about myself he is the one who delights in me he is the one who resides in me and that changed and has always changed my perspective otherwise i would always see myself as the lad from the council estate nothing to offer quite dense quite thick this that the other and all of those things i feel about myself but i i allow the scripture to form me allow the truth of the scripture to tell me that's who i am and it is the most liberating of truths i know i'm not what i should be but i'm not what i was and that's the journey and as we go into this new week it's 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 stunning that we you know read these words that in him we are complete i'm going to leave the final words to a man called ch spurgeon who said christians should have such abundant life that in poverty they are rich in sickness they are in spiritual health when disliked they are full of triumph and in death full of glory because the reality is whatever's happening around us doesn't change who Christ is in us abundance in a pandemic a church that doesn't just shrink back and say we'll survive i want to say that ht in these coming months is not going just to survive we're going to advance we're going to go forward and that happens not because of what i say it happens because of what you do where you are whatever you're doing life so i encourage us abundant life in the midst of darkness and challenge yeah why not abundant life complete life in the midst of all that is happening in our society do you know what let's let our light shine is it is it easy no it's not but we've not been called to ease what we have been called to is to follow Christ and because we know that he is with us that he is in us that he completes us that we come and we set off in this journey from a place of good foundations solid foundations we know that all things then are possible so as we enter this week HT let's be encouraged let's encourage one another 
to excel and to go beyond. Yes, we need to care and love and come alongside one another in difficult moments. But also, let us press on. Let's keep going forward. Let's serve God, the God who completes us, who makes us whole, and who resides in each one of us. God bless you. Looking forward to seeing you again soon. Let's keep focused. Let's keep moving forward. Amen.